Welcome to the Clinician Researcher Podcast, where academic clinicians learn the skills to build their own research program, whether or not they have a mentor. As clinicians, we spend a decade or more as trainees learning to take care of patients. When we finally start our careers, we want to build research programs, but then we find that our years of clinical training did not adequately prepare us to lead a research program. Through no fault of our own, we struggle to find mentors, and when we can't, we quit. However, clinicians hold the keys to the greatest research breakthroughs. For this reason, the Clinician Researcher podcast exists to give academic clinicians the tools to build their own research program, whether or not they have a mentor. Now, introducing your host, Teosi Onwemina. Welcome to the Clinician Researcher Podcast. I'm your host, JSC Unwemina, and it is such a pleasure to be talking with you today. Thank you for taking the time to listen in as we talk about how to make the most of your mentors. Now, sometimes there is this sense that the mentor is going to just do everything for you. It's going to be the one to lead you from A to B to Z to C to Z. It's this everything rises and falls with this one mentor. And, and sometimes it doesn't work out that way. And we're disappointed and we're just annoyed. And we're like, well, if this mentor would have come through for me, my career would have been better. Or we call our mentors the tormentors. Wow, so many challenges can happen in our mentoring relationships. But it's not because of the mentor. I would say that if you've had a challenging mentoring relationship, please do not blame the mentor. And yes, I I don't know your mentor and maybe your mentor was the horrible person tormenting you. I'm not saying that they were not. I certainly know people who do that and I've had my fair share of mentors who who felt like tormentors. But I want to say that the relationship building is up to you. And one of the ways that you get the best and the most out of a mentor is really taking ownership of the mentoring relationship. And many times we look up to our mentors and we're like, well, they're older, they're more senior, therefore they're responsible. But in reality, you are responsible for this mentoring relationship. You are. You're responsible to get out of it what you want from it. You are in this mentoring relationship for you. Yes, your mentor is going to benefit. And yes, they're going to love mentoring you because you're so awesome. And everyone loves to mentor the next generation of scientists. So you are, I mean, it's a great relationship. Your mentors are so excited to mentor you. But if you're going to get what is needed to shape your own career, it's going to be because you create the opportunity to do it. Now, there's some mentors who don't need coaching, who don't need training, who are able to just take a person and really help them advance in their careers. But for the most part, if a mentoring relationship is going to succeed, it's because the mentee knows how to get the most out of your men- out of the mentor. And so I'm going to talk today about strategies that you can use to make the most use of your mentors. So remember in our last episode, we talked about the importance of you taking ownership of your career. Well, taking ownership of your career means taking ownership of your mentoring relationships as well. And to do that, you really need to first be able to set clear goals and expectations. What do you want for yourself? What do you want out of this career? Why are you here? What do you want out of this career? And if you're very clear on where you're going, 
then you can ask someone to help you get there. It's like the person that, you know, is out walking and you stop them and you're like, sir, are you lost? And they're like, yes, I'm lost. I need directions. And like, okay, where are you going? And they're like, well, I'm not really sure. How can you give such a person directions? (laughs) And perhaps you're benevolent and you're like, oh, okay, well, give me a sense of where you think you might want to go. And they're like, well, I'm not really sure. I could go here. I could go there. Maybe I'll go there. I'm not sure I could go anywhere. How can you help a person like that? Someone who doesn't have a clear address to which they're going is very difficult to give directions to. And it's the same in your own career. If you're not very clear about where you're going, no mentor can help you get there because you don't know. It's like, isn't that from Alice in Wonderland where the Cheshire cat asked Alice where she was going? And she was like, well, nowhere really. And he was like, well, then it doesn't matter which way you go. And it's the same thing. You want to clearly define your goals. Because when you clearly define your goals, then you understand how this mentor fits in. So remember, there are different different types of mentoring relationships. You know, there's a research mentoring relationship. There's, a, there's also sponsorship that happens as well. And then there's career development mentorship. So there are different kinds of mentoring relationships. What you need depends on where you're going. Perhaps you've already gotten a lot of research mentoring and you're not necessarily looking for another mentor, but this person is someone you've identified as someone who can really help you move forward. Well, in what way are they going to help you move forward? Where are you going so that you're very clear, you know where you're going so that you're very clear on how they can help you get there. And so if you have very specific, achievable goals, it helps you and your mentor stay focused on what you need to accomplish. It helps you not go on the tangent of the great project that you could take on that you don't really want to do, but now you're trying not to make your mentor upset or, you know, you're trying to please your mentor. So you're going off tangent. And so the way that you make the most out of your mentor is to set very clear goals and expectations. So you know where you want to go and you become clear about when you're veering off your, your goals. And now I will tell you that the process of setting goals and expectations is very hard. This is difficult. It's number one for a reason. It is hard. It's hard because in our training in medicine, there's the prescribed path. There's like, this is where everybody goes. This is at the end of four years, you graduate medical school. There's no questions asked. At the end of three years, the residency is over. This is the way it works all the time. And when we get to the place where we're planning our own careers, there isn't such a clear path. And so we haven't been practicing the muscle of defining where we want to go. And so it's something that we, we haven't been exercising the muscle of defining where we want to go. And so it's helpful that we start to do that. So setting clear goals and expectations for yourself is the most important first step in making the best use of your mentors. So that's number one. Number two is to communicate these goals and expectations. And so sometimes Okay, number two is to communicate these goals and expectations effectively. So you know where you're going inside your head, but nobody else knows it. They still can't help you get there or give you the directions that are necessary to get you there. Because although the goals are very clear to you, you're not communicating them. And part of communicating is really being open and honest. And, And this can be really hard, this effective communication, because... We don't want to disappoint our mentors. If we come into their program and 
they say, oh, my goodness, I'm so glad you're here with your expertise. You're going to help me move this project forward. It's going to be so awesome. And you're a little bit deflated because you're like, well, that's not why you wanted that mentor specifically. And you're not interested in moving in that new direction, but you don't want to disappoint them. And maybe they're the number one research mentor in the whole institution. And you don't want to be the one mentee who fails in their expectation. And so then you don't share. You don't share that that's not where you want to go. And then you start on a project that you don't really want to be on and it can be challenging. And so that's why you need to maintain open and honest communication with your mentors. And if there's something you disagree with, if there's a direction they're trying to take you in that you don't want to go, the importance of stopping and saying, hey, I really love that idea and that's not where I want to go. And that's why it goes back to number one, setting clear goals and expectations so you do know when you're veering off tangent. And you can be very clear and communicate it to a mentor. And so you want to make sure that you are open and honest in your communication. And if you're not able to do that, I will tell you that this is where a coach can be helpful to help you clarify what is your desire? What is the challenge that you have? What is your true feeling about it? So that you can then choose how to best communicate with your mentor. So you definitely want to make sure that your communication is open, it's honest, it's effective. You want to keep them up to date on your goals. And, you know, as goals are changing, because goals are not static things. You master something, you want to move on to the next thing, or you see that you have a new direction you want to set. You want to be able to communicate them clearly so that as the mentor is trying to help you move forward, they know exactly how to do that. Okay, so that's number two, communicate effectively. Number three is to be proactive. You've got to be proactive. I was not a proactive mentee. I was the one who was always waiting for the mentor to find me and say, hey, how's it going? What do you need? And to be honest, when I finally, I think, grew up in my mentoring relationships, I recognized that the mentoring relationships were for me. Therefore, I needed to be proactive in the mentoring relationships. And part of that is making sure you're clear on how this mentor helps you. Like, how does this mentor help you? And if you are very clear about the gap that you're trying to fill with this mentoring relationship, then take ownership and fill the gap. Help the mentor help you. Schedule the meetings as you need to. Prepare questions and topics for discussion. Don't let them, don't, don't show up and then they're like, oh, great, I'm glad you're here. This is what I want to talk about. I mean, it's great if they want to do that, but you have a clear purpose and a plan for this mentor in your life. So you want to make sure you are proactive in you know, preparing the questions that help you, that help lead you to the answers that move your research forward. And so when you're proactive and demonstrating your commitment, it helps. It helps because, well, the person who has specificity around where they want to go is so much easier to help than the person who's just not sure or doesn't really want to reach out. And to be honest, you know, mentors have so much going on in their lives that, if you never showed up, they might they might wonder where you are, but they may not necessarily have the bandwidth to reach out and say, how are you doing? And remember, a mentoring relationship is not like a mother-son or mother-daughter relationship. This is not like a nurturing, like, oh, my love, how are you? It's great if you have that. And, and if you have that, wonderful, good for you. But it doesn't need to be that way. It really is a professional relationship. And if you are getting what you need in your personal and professional in your per I'm sorry, if you're getting what you need in terms of your research growth, good for you. That's pretty much you have what you need. And maybe your mentor is not warm and fuzzy. Remember, you're not there 
for this mentor for warmness, warmth and fuzziness. There, you can have other mentors, especially outside of academia, to give you the warmth and fuzziness needed. But you want to be clear about how this mentor helps you, and then you want to be proactive about getting them to help you. <laughs> the other thing is the importance of learning from your mentor's experiences. So your mentors are living in a different world, or at least they came up at a different time, a different era than you are. They had different challenges, but overall, the themes are similar. And so it's helpful to learn from their experience. It's helpful to listen more than you speak. So yes, you're the one being proactive. You're the one who's bringing the agenda. You're the one who's saying, hey, this is how I want you to help me. But when you do ask questions, you want to make sure you listen, you know, let them ask them questions about their past successes and their failures. Ask especially about the failures. People don't talk about failures enough. And sometimes hearing about the failures is enough for you. It inspires you and encourages you because you're like, oh, you failed and you're still here or you're doing awesome even though you failed. Then it just helps you move forward in a different way. But the only way you find out is when you listen. And and so in listening, you are able to to get insights that perhaps you wouldn't have been able to get before when you're very focused on just, you know, the challenge that's ahead of you. And and so definitely take time to listen and learn from their experiences and make sure that you are able to really, really leverage that to the growth and advancement of your own career. Another thing that's important is to really is to really show them gratitude to show mentors gratitude. And it's just that, to be honest, this is something that applies to everybody, anybody who at any time meets with you to speak with you about your career. It's just to say thank you. It's just to say thank you. It's really just simple. Just to say thank you. It says, hey, I value your time. I value expertise. Thank you for taking this time to meet with me. And it may be that you're supporting your mentors program and your work is also moving their work forward, which is great. And, and I think it's just important, actually, that we, we acknowledge each other and we thank each other for the things we do that allow us to move forward in, in a big and important way. And, and anyway, so, so it's important. It's important to do these things. So I want to just go through these five things again. You want to make sure you have clear goals and expectations. You want to communicate effectively, honestly, openly. You want to be proactive and take ownership and direct your, direct your own career. You want to learn from the experiences and you want to show gratitude because it is so important that we show gratitude to people who help us move forward. So, so I say all that and I want to share with you and remind you that you are leading your own career. You absolutely are. And part of finding the way to make the most of your mentors is being clear about where you're going. And if you're not clear to do the work of getting clear, and that's where I think a coach can be helpful. And if you're a clinician looking for a coach who can help you make that transition, build the, the infrastructure in your life to be able to successfully make that transition from clinician to clinician scientist. I would love to work with you. Please come work with me. Send me a DM. I'm on Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn. And let me know how I can be of help to you. And if it makes sense for both of us, then we move forward. But it is important to recognize that you need to take ownership whatever is necessary to do that so that you can make the most of the mentors in your life is absolutely worth doing. Ultimately, you are responsible for your career. You're responsible for the choices that are made. 
Even if your mentor strongly recommends something and it doesn't work out, you are still responsible for the fallout. So definitely make use of the people that you have around you. And remember that you ultimately are leading your own experience and you get to, you get to choose. You absolutely get to choose. All right. It has been a pleasure talking with you today. Thank you for taking the time to listen. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Clinician Researcher Podcast, where academic clinicians learn the skills to build their own research program, whether or not they have a mentor. If you found the information in this episode to be helpful, don't keep it all to yourself. Someone else needs to hear it. So take a minute right now and share it. As you share this episode, you become part of our mission to help launch a new generation of clinician researchers who make transformative discoveries that change the way we do healthcare.